0: Like to welcome on Brendan Glasheen. You may know him of the Connecticut Sun, DraftKings, 985 the sports Up, but most importantly, he is the voice of the New Hampshire Wildcats. Brendan, how you doing? Hey, what's up,
1: Cam? How are you? How are Fabulous. you? Fabulous.
0: D- better, better than UNH. Um, they're coming off a probably what I would say probably their worst loss of the season. Obviously, you had the 70-point the loss at Pitt, but you kind of throw that one out the window given the, the talent discrepancy there. They lose 38-21 at the hands of the Dartmouth Big Green, who now entered the top 25. I believe they're 25th in the nation. UNH drops out after previously being 23. You were on the call for this game. Brendan, what was just your overall thought leaving leaving the stadium that day?
1: Well, I was really impressed with how Dartmouth executed having two quarterbacks. Uh, Derek Kyler, Nick Howard, both really special players. The efficiency of Kyler was a big talking point through four games for Dartmouth. And that was very evident from the start. He made smart throws, good decisions. Every once in a while, Dartmouth would air one out. And there was a play to painter Richards Baker up the left sideline that a dude who only had one catch all year coming in. uh, He spread the ball around well. Uh, the Mooney um, Mooney was a threat. No question. Um, or Cooney, excuse me, Cooney for, for Dartmouth, a, a speedster, small guy who could be in the slot on the outside, their tight end. Kramer made a nice catch in the end zone with triple coverage. I mean, just everything they did in Howard is just a, a bowling ball bulldozer use whatever adjective or noun you want to use. He had three rushing touchdowns in the game. I think he's up to nine for the year. He had two in each of the first three games. So, I mean, you add it all up, they're a really good team. So you said 25 in the nation this week. I'm surprised that's not better. Granted, Ivy League teams don't compete in the postseason, um, which is which is a shame, I think, when you, when you look at a team like that that could be really, really special um, under Buddy Tevens. But uh, look, UNH, it's really simple, Cam. I mean, UNH struggle to, to guard it. I think Coach Mack was impressed on tape what Dartmouth brought to the table. And as, as it turns out, it's fun to watch on tape just to, just to be a fan of the game, but not fun to scheme it up and have to defend it. And that, yeah, was that, was,
0: that was exactly what Max said in his weekly press conference last Wednesday. He said, you know, I love watching it on tape. I love watching it now, but on Saturday, I'm not sure how much I'm going to like it. And yeah. Dar- Dartmouth gave him his answer pretty quick um, yep. and flipping over to the other side of the ball for UNH. Obviously you mentioned the defense, there. It's a tough time keeping up with their scheme. But the yeah. offense has been – it's been interesting to this point because obviously you lose Max Brosmer right before the year. Brett Edwards moves in relatively seamlessly. They're, you know, they spread the ball around better than they did in 2019. They incorporate the tight end more. You know, the two running backs, it seems like the offense kind of firing on all cylinders. And then, of course, Pitt was Pitt. We'll toss that one out the window again. And then James Madison, once again, the offense doesn't really show up. And this week it was kind of in between. You hit on a few home run plays, but they still kind of – are struggling finishing those long sustained drives like we saw earlier on in the year. So what, what was your, what was your takeaway on the, on the UNH offense?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Dartmouth comes down and scores to go up seven, nothing. You get all the way to the one. I like the call going for it. You got to score points, give this offense some life, give them some reason to believe that uh, things are going well. Uh, make no mistake and, and coach Mac has said this and I know you're aware of this cam but anytime in UNHs history under coach Mac really so that means UNH history period if a starting quarterback goes down the next guy has been ready to go and uh, Brett Edwards let's remind ourselves too that Edwards won the job going into 2019 right so um Brett played well. I think the interception was not great. I, I'm sure it's a throw he would like to have back. He makes he usually makes pretty good decisions. That's something Mac has been on constantly. Brett makes good decisions. You mentioned the JMU game. It felt the offense had a little something from the second half that could carry over into the game this past Saturday after, of course, the bye. And it still felt like they had trouble trying to figure out who the go-to receiver would be. I thought Sean Coyne was was not used as often as I thought he would be at the beginning of the game. Certainly, he catches the trick play double pass uh, for the third New Hampshire touchdown. Um, Lepkowski is his go-to guy. Kyle Lepkowski is his go-to guy, it feels like. Coin still led the way in targets. I thought it was interesting that Carlos Washington got more looks in the passing game than he did in the James Madison game, but only three targets for Brian Espinette. Nick Lorden is still trying to find his rhythm, especially in the red zone. And look, I'm burying the lead here on who has been special for them. It's Dylan Lowby. And look, I think we've found out that they've got to get Lowby going even on these on shorter plays. The whole run plays are certainly great, right? Two long runs to the house, 75 yards and then another one for 50 plus. So, um, offensively my takeaway is that they've got something there they've got the pieces I just think they're trying to figure out how who's who's the go-to guy I think it's Lepkowski over the middle he's been outstanding but it just feels while we say in one breath it's great to spread the ball around um, they've got to figure out how to get guys involved and make more of an impact from the jump and not put it on the defense out of the shoot in these games. Like, can the offense set a little bit of tone? Now I know they went down seven, nothing. So the defense lost, uh, you know, the defense got them behind early, but when you've got fourth and one, they've got to execute there. It's just that simple.
0: Yeah. Lipkowski is a guy I've really enjoyed watching as well. I, during the game, I was, I thought about this, the last Kyle Lipkowski is having the best season by UNH tight end since I believe it was 2015. Um, I forget who it was that year. He had 400, 500 yards on the year. Was it
1: Justin Malone Woods? Um, I don't
0: think it was. I think it was before, well, before him. him? Yeah. yeah. And Malone Woods, he, you know, wasn't really featured in the offense much in 2019. I think he missed some time due to a team suspension, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Um, but yeah. Lipkowski
1: also too, right? So Yeah,
0: exactly. So Lipkowski is having one of the best tight end seasons the Wildcats have seen in, you know, the last sure. half decade or so. Mm-hmm. um and you look ahead this the remaining schedule obviously the ca is one of the toughest con- conferences in the fcs you have jmu we've already faced um rhode island villanova delaware luckily for though, villanova and delaware are not on their remaining schedule so uri mm-hmm. is the only remaining currently ranked team that they'll play yeah and so i guess what is your view on the outlook of this team obviously sure. three and three now still two and one in the conference i said this this past week, if there is one silver lining to a three game losing streak, it's only having one of them be in conference. Right. Um, so what right. is your outlook on this team? You know, playoff chances, uh, the whole can caboodle. What do you think yeah. about this Team moving forward?
1: Yeah, I think so. Mac mentioned this too last week. And of course he's not talking that this week they've moved on, but for our purposes, it's a game. If they had beat Dartmouth, it's definitely a resume builder, right. Uh, for the, for the, for the committee. And ups their chances because that's a pretty damn good football team that they played over the weekend. And like, you know, you hear this all the time in the NFL college football, the moral victory thing gets really old fast. And I think we learned that after James Madison, even, even so the Dartmouth game, you lose by 17. It's not great. Now you did bring up, you don't see Villanova. You don't see Delaware, which you could look at that in two different ways. Yes. You avoid them, but say you play them and you beat them that definitely boosts your resume, right? So there is there are some pros and cons to that. Um, but the, the bottom line, too, is three of their last five are on the road. So that's something they have proven they can do. They went to Stony Brook and won. Um, they went to Lafayette and won. Now, granted, Lafayette is not a CAA team, but if they can carry any magic on the road and continue to execute well on the road, if Edwards makes good decisions, And defensively, let's let's also be fair, too, to the defense, right? They just got Eichmann back. They got Pop Bush back. Those two are probably trying to get their feet wet and get back in the mix. Pop Bush had a nationally great defensive player of the week honor after week one um, going into the Towson game. So it feels like now they have a little bit of depth there. Uh, I am not positive. Maybe you can shed light on this if Ole Manzik is potentially uh, coming back soon-ish.
0: So if I remember correctly, when we spoke to John Lyons during the bye week, he was on that week's press conference. I think he said pretty much don't hold your breath. Um, I think they expect him at some point this year, maybe, but I wouldn't, you know, I think that's kind of the last week or two of the regular season is is what I'm, what I'm getting.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, again, I think they've they've shored up their, their secondary, which had some trouble. Their corners had some trouble against. I mean, look, they had three guys defending that third tight end for Dartmouth-Kramer, and he made a hell of a catch. He's 6'5", 250. So they've got to sure it back up, maybe because they had new personnel in there, and they were just trying to get everyone in the right spot. That's hard to do when you're playing two quarterbacks also. So that was a unique situation. And I'm surprised Dartmouth's only 25 in the country. That still surprises me. It's, it's really, I guess, that difficult. But, okay, you turn the page. You hope you bounce back. You did make a good point. They don't have to play two really good teams in the conference in Delaware and Villanova, but they, they sure need to, uh, they need to execute well on the road. I think they've got that Albany game circled after what happened in March. Mac was not coach Mac to me, very good at turning the page and moving on. He admitted again after going. So we did, we did the first, the, the NBC sports Boston game. We did against James Madison, He even brought the Albany game up again because we mentioned it was homecoming, getting the place juiced up. That loss to Albany is still kind of bugging him. And of course, that's a homecoming for him. He's from Sarasota Springs. So (laughs) that's a game they've got circled. And and anytime they play Rhode Island, Rhode Island actually has been really impressive what they've done, right? So it's going to set up to me once again, like it was in 2019, the game here in Durham against Maine, is going to be a committee the game in which the committee is going to have to stare at and think all right well if they don't win this game it's probably not happening so yeah. it, it's going to boil down to that last game unless they rip off four in a row here which you're asking a lot three of your next four are on the road but i i just i get a hunch that like usual <laughs> in the caa it's going to come down to that final week
0: yes yeah i definitely agree like we said the wildcats they need to share up those road victories through their last five away from durham And that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you, Brendan, for joining us on this week's episode.
1: No problem. Good to talk to you and see you in a couple weeks when Richmond is in town the day before Halloween for a one o'clock kick.
0: Yes, I'll see you there, Brendan, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening.